With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Like the dripping snow, I have always been pure. Politest Miss Manners, so mild and demure. More femme than fatale on a path that is narrow. More prim than lowbrow, as straight as an arrow. I colored within the lines, kept my ankles crossed, listened to my elders, content to be bossed. Yes, I've always dotted my eyes, crossed my T's, minded my Q's and also minded my P's. But in the innuendo, it's my asterisk, so I'll shut my von Trapp now to break it down for you like this. I'm gonna embrace the whole earth, ah, full caboodle and kit, clad in skin-tight clothing, I'll become the girl that is it, I'll be lovably wicked, from my purse to my growl. On my wild cat prowls, I'll take off my specs, loose my mane from its bun. I'll be a credit to my sex, and I'll be second to none. To the boner with variety and spice, a mumbler and a moaner, more naughty than nice, poaching my coochie and grinding my bumps, wooging my boogie, I'll shimmy my lumps. In amazing disgrace, I'll fly high my freak flag Buy a merkin in case My carpet needs a good shag Hooching my coochie Grinding my bumps Wooging my boogie I'll shimmy my lumps Trade in my harp for some down and dirty sacks. I'll kick out all the jams and I'll be uh, balling some jacks. Bonsoir <clears throat> and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, mesdames and messieurs. It is Sunday, the 19th day of February, 
in the year 2017, and you are now listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your host, Sandra London, adult media publisher of livinggrind.com. Playtime with Sandra Radio is broadcasting for you live from the sunny beaches of Southern California. Playtime is, is available via Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Digital Podcast, NGR Music, and PlaytimeWithSandra.com. The song you heard at the top of the hour is called Nice to Be Naughty by the artist Kathleen Martin. Martin. <laughs> Voila. I uh, have some more music for you all. I was listening to some pretty nice sounds over at Free Music Archive and a couple over at Naked Girls Radio and JaraMusic.com. Um, and he'll share those with you. <laughs> How's everyone doing? I hope you're all doing well. Uh, the guest call in number or listener call in number is 858 815 2333. Once again, 858 815 2333. And I will play next uh, Honey by Frail. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
yeah, Swiffer. I ain't go nowhere, nigga. I've been plotting, scheming. Late nights, daydreaming. Uh, I see perfection, simplicity. Not complicated, I like life, it's like a symphony. Beautiful music, keep no company if it's misery. Look, no bullshit, and that's your missus. We got history, but man, that's history. It's dirty, but I'm clean. I smoke, nigga. I got my lawyer working on some things. She can lose her mind, but she gotta keep her knees. She hit that gas and brought her up to speed. And now we on the same level. I like a bad bitch, might just get your ass in trouble. I turn savage, I get it straight up off the hustle. You know it, I got it going. I heard you talk it, now you gotta show it. I'ma do you like I own it. Give it to me like it's mine. You're looking like you want it. Just don't waste my time. I'ma do it how you want it Give it to me like it's mine I'ma do you like I own it We can do this all the time We can do this all the time We can do this all the time Play your part, everybody gotta roll Slipping light to the night from the you looking like it like the ice in the gold. I can look inside your eyes and know. And I ain't judging that. Still trying to count up a hundred stack. And I see what y'all doing. I have fun with that. Lil' Ron, but I'm done with that. I'm on new shit. I heard Nick talk, he don't do shit. I had to see my nigga on the news clip. So every chance that I get it getting rich, I might have to turn up on these niggas. Go stupid. You look like the type that just deserve better. I see your vision. You a go-getter. I know go-getter. And for the night. And it might just be for the night. We can do anything that we like. Even if it's only for the thrill Even if we doing out of spite You're looking like You scratch, you bite I'ma fuck you right I'ma you like I own it Give it to me like it's mine You're looking like you want it Just don't waste my time I'ma do it how you want it Give it to me like it's mine I'ma do you like I own it and We can do this all the time We can do this all the time We can do this all the time
We're back. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio with your hostess, Sandra London of livinggrind.com. Yours truly. You just heard the songs uh, Honey by Frail, uh, Like You Want It by Split the Baby, and The Secret Garden by Barbarics. B-A-R-B-A-R-I-X. Barbarics. Uh, I was going to say something, but I forget. Darn it. <laughs> Yes, hope you enjoyed those songs. The call in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. Um, one thing that I guess comes back to my mind right now is, yeah, the reason for today's title of uh, this evening's show, a phonographic anniversary, is because on this day there was a patent made by Thomas Edison for the phonograph. You can read more about that on Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia. That's like one of my favorite sites in the world. Is that weird or awesome? Who can say already? Um, I'm going to give you another old historic genre style song that I heard earlier. It's called, uh, let me find it. I have mute. Uh, uh, files of music right here. Yes. It's called My Pillow and Me by Lizzie Miles. I've got the old song, you know, feeling caught my sweetest song. I mean, I've got it bad. I've tried to make believe that I'm not not a single soul to share me, and I'm so forlorn. No one to hear my cries and sympathies. Nobody knows but my pillow and me. Troubles I see It's my delusion Life 
And we're back. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. And I'm your host, Sandra London of livinggrind.com. You just heard My Pillow and Me by Lizzie Miles, uh, Derby Days by Strong Suit, and Siesta by Yatsar, J-H-D-Z-A-R. Oh, yeah. Yes. Let's see. Up next, I will do, I'm thinking of doing a live reading. I'm trying to think which would be best this evening. So that's, I think that's what I was mulling over earlier. So I will make a decision shortly and I'll let you all know. And then I will do it. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. And then meanwhile, check out the, da, 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 da. Ooh, yeah, I like this one. Another, uh, old historic style song that's called come on that's called uh, Shanghai by Kathleen Martin when you sailed up to the sea I pegged you as a player a callous child and libertine a practiced lady Yes, you always seemed a gent, but I would never take the bait, and I ignored your every hint to come aboard as your first mate. Now you've lured me on your skin and launched us on a cruise for two. The tide has turned, I get your drift, I rise these waves with you. It was high time, I'm sidelined with you, but dang, I've been shanghaied by you, and now how I call out to you, blimey, I'm stymied by you, I'm dizzy when busy with you, all rosy, cuddle cozy with you, and woo. A boozy from you, though sober. I'm over the moon for you. It's more than fun's own so tender and so gentle. A pebble's complimental is something transcendent. Fashion, high passion with you. 
gals don't take no slack She drive an old Ford pickup with a pit bull in the back She got crankcase all on her tight blue jeans And her alligator boots smell just like gasoline Maybe I'm crazy, dump them, run off the track But good lordy girl looks sexy in that cowboy Cadillac A cowboy Cadillac is long and lean At the close and you'll find you a farmer's limousine And if you get drunk you can sleep in the back Of that long bed flat like three quarter ton cowboy Cadillac Now she was sitting at a stop sign on a hot June day when a bright red Ferrari pulls up and wanna play But she don't pay mind to that rich boy's thing But she just loves the way her slant sick thing Maybe I'm crazy, dump them, run off the track But good lord, that girl looks sexy in that cowboy Cadillac Cowboy Cadillac and long and lean It's the best thing you'll find to a farmer's limousine And if you get drunk, you can sleep in the back of that long bed Now mine's a 59 Chevy, hers a 61 Ford And that's the kind of thing that could get a man ignored But she said, don't worry babe, I know it's just a fade And when it comes to pickup trucks, I swing both ways Maybe I'm crazy, dump them, run off the track But good lord, that girl looks sexy in that cowboy Cadillac Cowboy Cadillac is long and lean It's the closest thing you'll find to a farmer's limousine and if you get drunk, you can sleep in the back of that long bed, flat, black, recorder ton cowboy Cadillac. Well, it's a long bed, flat, black, recorder ton cowboy Cadillac. Well, it's a long bed, flat, black, recorder ton cowboy Cadillac. It is Tuesday, the 12th day of May in the year 2015 at 1.42 a.m. And I am going to do a reading of one chapter of Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, written by Robert Louis Stevenson of Scotland and published in the U.S. in 1886 in the month of January. The first chapter is Story of the Door. Recording for you now, live by Sandra London. Mr. Utterson, the lawyer, was a man of a rugged countenance that was never lighted by a smile. Cold, scanty, and embarrassed in discourse backward in sentiment, lean, long, dusty, dreary, and yet somehow lovable. 
at friendly meetings and when the wine was to his taste, something eminently human beaconed from his eye, something indeed which never found its way into his talk, but which spoke not only in these silent symbols of the after-dinner face, but more often and loudly in the act of his life. He was austere with himself, drank gin when he was alone to mortify a taste for vintages. And though he enjoyed the theater, it had not crossed the doors of one for 20 years. But he had an approved tolerance for others, sometimes wondering, almost with envy, at the high pressure of spirits involved in their misdeeds and in any extremity inclined to help rather than to reprove. I inclined to Cain's heresy, he used to say quaintly. I let my brother go to the devil in his own way. In this character, it was frequently his fortune to be the last reputable acquaintance and the last good influence in the lives of downgoing men. And to such as these, so long as they came about his chambers, he never marked a shade of change in his demeanor. No doubt the feat was easy to Mr. Utterson, or he was undemonstrative at the best, and even his friendship seemed to be founded in a similar capacity of good nature. It is the mark of a modest man to accept his friendly circle ready-made from the hands of opportunity, and that was the lawyer's way. His friends were those of his own blood, or those whom he had known the longest. His affections like ivy, or the growth of time. They implied no aptness in the object. Hence, no doubt, the bond that united him to Mr. Richard Enfield, his distant kinsman, the well-known man about town. It was a nut to crack for many what these two could see in each other or what subject they could find in common. It was reported by those who encountered them in their Sunday walks, but they said nothing looked singularly dull, and would hail with obvious relief the appearance of a friend. For all that, the two men put the greatest store by these excursions, counted them the chief jewel of each week, and not only set aside occasions of pleasure, but even resisted the calls of business, that they might enjoy them uninterrupted. It chanced on one of these rambles that their way led them down a by-street in a busy quarter of London. The street was small and what is called quiet, but it drove a thriving trade on the weekdays. The inhabitants were all doing well, it seemed, and all emulously hoping to do better still and laying out the surplus of their grains and coquetry. So the shop front stood along that thoroughfare with an air of invitation, like rows of smiling saleswomen. Even on Sunday, when it veiled its more florid charms and lay comparatively empty of passage, the street shone out in contrast to its dingy neighborhood, like a fire in a forest. And with its freshly painted shutters, well-polished brasses, and general cleanliness and gaiety of note, instantly caught and pleased the eye of the passenger. Two doors from one corner, on the left hand, going east, the line was broken by the entry of the court. And just at that point, a certain sinister block of building, 
thrust forward its gable on the street. It was two stories high, showed no window, nothing but a door on the lower story and a blind forehead of discolored wall on the upper. A bore in every feature the marks of prolonged and sordid negligence. The door, which was equipped with neither bell nor knocker, was blistered and disdained. Tramp slouched into the recess and struck matches on the panels. Children kept shot upon the steps. The schoolboy had tried his knife on the moldings, and for close on a generation, no one had appeared to drive away these random visitors or to repair their ravages. Mr. Enfield and the lawyer were on the other side of the by street, but when they came abreast of the entry, the former lifted up his cane and pointed. Did you ever remark that door? he asked, and when his companion had replied in the affirmative, it is connected in my mind, added he, with a very old story. Indeed, said Mr. Utterson, with a slight change of voice. And what was that? Well, it was this way, returned Mr. Enfield. I was coming home from some place at the end of the world, about three o'clock of a black winter morning, and my way lay through a part of town where there was literally nothing to be seen but lamps, street after street, and all the folks asleep. Street after street, all lighted up as if for a procession, and all as empty as a church. Until at last I got into that state of mind when a man listens and listens and begins to long for the sight of a policeman. All at once I saw two figures. One, a little man who was stumping along eastward at a good walk, and the other, a girl, of maybe eight or ten, who was running as hard as she was able down a cross street. Well, so the two ran into one another, naturally enough, at the corner, and then came the horrible part of the thing. So the man trampled calmly over the child's body and left her screaming on the ground. It sounds nothing to hear, but it was hellish to see. It wasn't like a man. It was like some damn juggernaut. I gave a few hello, took to my heels, collared my gentleman, and brought him back to where there was already quite a group about the sweeting the screaming child. He was perfectly cool and made no resistance, but gave me one look so ugly that it brought out the sweat on me like running. The people who it turned out were the girl's own family, and pretty soon the doctor, for whom she had been sent, put in his appearance. Well, the child was not much the worse, more frightened, according to the sawbones, and there you might have supposed would be an end to it. But there was one curious circumstance. I had taken a loathing to my gentleman at first sight. So had the child's family, which is only natural. But the doctor's case was what struck me. He was the usual cut and dry apothecary of no particular age and colour, with a strong Edinburgh accent, and about as emotional as a bagpipe. Well, sir, he was like the rest of us. Every time you looked at my prisoner, I saw that Sawbones turned sick and white with desire to kill him. I knew what was in his mind, this was only what was in mine, and kidding being out of the question, we did the next best, because the man who we could and would make such a scandal to this, I should make his name stink from one end of London to the other.
if he had any friends and credit, we undertook that he should lose them. And all the time, as we were pitching it in Red Hot, we were keeping the women off him as best we could, for there was wild heartbeats. I never saw a circle of such hateful faces, and there was the man in the middle, with a kind of black, sneering coolness. Frightened too, I could see that, but carrying it off there, really like Satan. If you choose to make capital out of this accident, said he, I am naturally helpless. No gentleman but wishes to board a scene, says he. Name your figure. Well, we screwed him up to a hundred pounds for the child's family. It was clearly like to stick out, but there was something about the law of this that meant mischief, and at last he struck. The next thing was to get the money, and where do you think he carried us? But to that place with the door, whipped out a key, went in, and presently came back. With the matter of ten pounds in gold and a cheque for the balance on coop, drawn payable to bear and signed with a name that I can't mention, though it's one of the points in my story. But it was a name at least very well known and often printed. The figure was stiff, but the signature was good for more than that if it was only genuine. I took the liberty of pointing out to my gentleman that the whole business looked apocryphal. That a man does not, in real life, walk into a cellar door at four in the morning and come out with another man's cheque for close-up on a hundred pounds. But he was quite easy and sneering. Such a mind at rest, says he, I will stay with you till the banks open and cash the cheque myself. So we all set off the doctor, the doctor and Todd's father, and our friend and myself, and passed the rest of the night in my chambers. And next day, when we had breakfasted, we went in a bat in a body to the bank. I gave him the check myself and said I had every reason to believe it was a forgery. Not a bit of it. The check was genuine. Tut tut, said Mr. Ederson. I see you feel as I do, said Mr. Enfield. Yes, it's a bad story. But my man was a fellow that nobody could have to do with. A really damnable man. And the person that drew the cheque is the very take of the proprieties celebrated to. And what makes it worse, one of your fellows who do what they call good. Jack Mayle, I suppose, an honest man, paying through the nose for some of the capers of his youth. Black Mellows is what I call the face with the door in consequence. Though even that, you know, is far from explaining all. He added, and with the words fell into a vein of musing. From this, he was recalled by Mr. Ederson, asking rather suddenly, And yet, knows the drawer of the check lives there? A likely place, isn't it? returned Mr. Enfield, but I noticed his address. Uh, he lives in some square or other. And you never asked about the place with the door, said Mr. Ederson. No, sir, I had a delicacy, was the reply. I feel very strongly about putting questions. It partakes too much of the style of the day of judgment. You start a question, and it's like starting a stone. You sit quietly on the top of a hill, and away the stone goes, starting others, and presently some bland old bird, the last would have thought of, is knocked on the head in his own back garden, and the family have to change the name. No, sir, I make it a rule of mine. 
the more it looks like clear street, the less I ask. A very good rule, too, said the lawyer. But I've studied the place for myself, continued Mr. Enfield. It seems scarcely a house. There's no other door, and nobody goes in at of that one but once in a great while, the gentleman of my venture. There are three windows looking out on the court on the first floor, none below. The windows are always shut, but they're clean. And then there's a chimney, which is generally smoking, so somebody must live there. And yet it's not so sure, for the buildings are so packed together at the court that it's hard to say where one ends and another begins. The pair walked on again for a while in silence, and then, Enfield, said Mr. Ederson, that's a good rule of yours. Yes, I think it is, returned Enfield. But for all that, continued the lawyer, there's one point I want to ask. I want to ask the name of that man who walked over the child. Well, said Mr. Enfield, I can't see what harm it would do. It was a man of the name of Hyde. Hmm, said Mr. Ederson. What sort of a man is he to see? He is not easy to describe. There's something wrong with his appearance. Something displeasing. Something downright detestable. I never saw a man I so disliked, and yet I scarce know why. He must be deformed somewhere. He has a strong feeling of deformity although it couldn't specify the point. He is an extraordinary-looking man, and yet I really can name nothing out of the way. No, sir, I can make no hand of it. I can't describe him. And it's not want of memory, for I declare I can see him this moment. Mr. Ederson again walked some way in silence, and obviously under a way of consideration. You're sure he is the king? he inquired at last. My dear sir, began Enfield, surprised out of himself. Yes, I know, said Ederson. I know it must seem strange. The fact is, if I do not ask you the name of the other party, it is because I know it already. You see, Richard, your tale has gone home. If you have been inexact in any point, you had better correct it. I think he might have warned me, returned the other with a touch of sullenness. But I have been pedantically exact, as you call it. The fellow had a key, and what's more, he has it still. I saw him use it not a week ago. Mr. Ederson sighed deeply, but said never a word. And the young man presently resumed. Here's another lesson to say nothing, said he. I am ashamed of my long tongue. Let us make a bargain never to refer to this again. With all my heart, said the lawyer, I shake hands on that, Richard. Please don't keep me waiting here. 
Mr. George is here. Hello, Georgie. Hello, George. Yes, yes, this is me. Gee, I'm glad I've got you here. Why, this is your Murray. Oh, why, I've been busy here all day. I thought I call you. I assure you're all alone. Yes, there's nobody here but me. Well, in the parlor, nice and cozy. Everything is so And we'll have lots of... Oh, hurry up and get here, honey. Will I take a car? Why, no. It's not far. And my time is all my own. Hurry up. There's something missing. We'll have lots of kissing. Pa and Ma have left me all alone. Hello, Sandra. Hello, Sandra. Don't cut me off. Give me that number back again, will you? Hello, Marie. Hello, Marie. Oh, I can't come out tonight. Why, don't you want to go and see a show or have some dinner? Oh, goodness, no. Can I coax me? Oh, it provokes me. Nothing you can say. Why can't you come out tonight? Oh, home I'm going to stay. But I want you to come up here. Well, will you show me how you love me, dear? Sure. I'm all alone. I assure you're all alone. Yes, there's nobody here but me. And it's a parlor nice and cozy. Everything is rosy. We'll have lots of... Oh, hurry up. Honey. All right, I'll take a car. Why, it's not far, and my Une façon. La rue, assourdissante, 
autour de moi, hurler, langue, mince, un grand deuil, douleur, majestueuse. Une femme passa, d'une main fastueuse. Soulevant, balançant, le sestant et l'ourlet. Agile et noble, avec sa jambe de statue, moi, je pouvais crisper comme un extravagant. Dans son oeil, si elle est vide ou germe l'ouragan. La douceur qui fascine et le plaisir qui tue. Un éclair, puis la nuit, fugitive beauté, dans le regard m'a fait soudainement renaître. Ne te parais-je plus que dans l'éternité, ailleurs, bien loin d'ici, trop tard, jamais peut-être, car j'ignore où tu fuis, tu ne sais où je vais, au oh, toi qui je aimais, au oh, toi qui le savais. Fin, the end. That was à uh, une passante, to a passerby. And the original French version, give me like one minute, two minutes. I'm going to look over. I see an English translation, but mine is a bit different. So I'm going to go over it, and I'll do my English translation um, right after that. So in the meantime, check out <laughs> Autopsy by Mr. and Ms. Smith. Just relax. 
And we're back. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio, and I'm your hostess, Sandra Lemon of livinggrind.com. Uh, oh, let's see. You just heard Autopsy by Mr. Smith and uh, Beach Vibe with Drums by Ryan Kulanane and Back to the Sea by Adam and Alma. Alrighty, so the English translation, this might differ a bit slightly from my original English translation. I'm just rewriting it on the fly. Um, but yes, to a pastor by by Charles Baudelaire. Uh, yes, all right. The busy boulevard screeched all around me. Long, thin, and great mourning, majestic sorrow. A woman passed with such elegance and grace, lifting, swinging her hand and her seam. Agile and noble with her statuesque legs, me, I was drunk in her presence, stirred up like an ex- extravagant or dandy. In her eyes, a blue sky where her canvas stirred, the softness which enchants and the pleasure which kills. A flash, then nightfall, fugitive beauty, whose eyes had so suddenly awakened me within. Will I never see you again for all of eternity? Too late. Never, perhaps. Because I have no idea where you fled. You know, not of where I'm going. Oh, you who I would have loved. Oh, you who knew this all along. The end. Hello. Um, happy late Valentine's Day. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Already on. Let me do another one. Let's see. 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 let Mystic Flow by SPCZ.
And we're back. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your host, Miss Sandra London of LivingGrind.com and Playtime with Sandra.com. You just heard Mystic Flow by SPCZ, uh, Odyssea Ubris by Mtex, and I'm from that by Mr. Frizzo. Yes. The call in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858 858- Eight one five two three three three. There will be a lot more interviews in the coming months. Um, probably by the next episode, most likely. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I have to find where my archive site is. I believe it's still up, but I'm going to make sure that it's prominently displayed. <laughs> I'll link to it on my next. Uh, a post on livinggrind.com. I'll put a link to it. Uh, there's a page there where you can listen to all of uh, the prior interviews I have held with artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, models, uh, and the like. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll provide that for the very next post on livinggrind.com. Uh, yeah. And let's see, uh, I will play. Uh, and I'm almost done <laughs> with Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like I'm gonna, you can listen to them on uh, SoundCloud.com. Um, uh, look for Playtime with Sandra for my page on SoundCloud. I have chapters one through, I want to say four on there, and chapters five through uh, the first part of chapter ten. There are ten chapters total. Um, are available. Usually they'll play like during some of my prior uh, Playtime with Sandra radio episodes, but I will go ahead and do five chapters five and eight and make sure they're available on SoundCloud. And nine and 10, there's just like the very last chapter that I need to like finish recording. And that's it, it's completely done. So I have begun that, but it is very long and very like uh, intense <laughs> chapter, but I will do that, <laughs> it will be done. So, but yeah, so keep that in mind for SoundCloud. If you go now, you'll see, you ought to see chapters one through four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, I'll put up five through eight within, by the end of the week, hopefully by tonight, but by the end of the week, let's say. Um, and then uh, nine and 10 should be uh, before this month. Or I want to, I want to have it already. <laughs> it is my gift to the world. No, it's my my treat to you all that, I don't know, might want to hear some old classic literature. Woohoo! Yay! Alrighty. Um, I'm going to play... Oi, 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 oi. How about... <laughs> you would think it'd just be ready to go, but it'd be wrong. No, <laughs> let's see. There's so many songs in here. Let's see. All right, I'm going to do... And, uh, I was just looking at you. <sighs> Darn it. All right, whatever. Fine, fine. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do uh, Marilyn Monroe music by Jordan Sinclair. And I'll be right back with you. How long do you think you'll be at the top, I wonder? Um, at the top isn't so important.
after you got what you want, did you want it? Well. Never said we was the best, we just looked like it. The presence deceives you, man, the game don't need y'all niggas. I'm 22 trying to change the world, tell me nigga what you do today? The rap game a mess, I'm trying to clean what's left. I bench arm and chest, the pressure on me. For the life I refuse to lose, nigga pay the dues. Every day I'm dreaming about this music, nigga. It's the love I felt, you know my car's been dealt. A young nigga, I'm just playing my hand. If you were smart, you would throw a couple bands. Cause the man headed to the promised land, no lie. Everything fly, crazy how a young boy used to be shy. Knew I had skills, just didn't know why. How you stay grounded when your goal's in the sky? Tell me how you live when the laws don't apply. Man, they want me nine to five in a shirt and tie. Work my ass off just to get old and die. I'm looking at y'all like, why? This the type of feeling niggas get from the pipe. Except I give it to you from a mic. Respect y'all shine, but I'm a different kind of bright. These labels losing money, tell them I show them the light. I've been addicted to the culture. You a act, nigga, I'm real rap. Sing good on any beat and go, I rap. I'm a fucking star, that's a fact But I don't need rap music just to tell me that As long as my mama said, maybe Obama said Till then, I'ma kill all of the contemplating and live life Tomorrow's money starts tonight, my nigga get it right Do you miss your anonymity? Do you miss being able to go out and, and not be recognized and go places uh, So that, uh, as it used to be before you became famous So no one would pay any attention to you except I'll tell you Top of it. 
smell a proper crocker shit It's blatantly the opposite The drop will hit Topple everything down Never been down So Loris Goddess only knows Endeavor and now To erase craze Many, many ways Anybody else to the end of days Blaze, jays, glaze When I'm in a haze My phrase breeze When I'm in a say Ready for the drop What, ready or not I'm saying everybody stop Rock steady and shock You're good to go my Grab whatever you got Gonna run over the hills Chop seven the knot And it's a knot Discordian I'm ordering this audience To draw your sword And sword a core Before the end of order Is or drop Drop, drop, I'm calling it. Drop, drop, I'm calling it. The drop's what I'm calling it. Drop needed a name after the drop. And all the falling life won't be the same. Cast and block, can't continue without scenery or stage. And we're pretty shit of dialogue. Failure to engage, engaging. Have we reached and past the point of no return with no concern? We peaked this half the oil been holy.
Jack London, Chapter 1. Many patterns of carpet lay rolled out before them on the floor. Two of Brussels show at the beginning of their quest and its ending in that direction, while a score of ingrains lured their eyes and prolonged the debate between desire pocketbook. The head of the department did them the honor of waiting upon themselves, them himself, or did Joe the honor, as she well knew for she had noted the open-mouthed awe of the elevator boy who brought them up. Nor had she been blind to the marked respect shown Joe by the urchins and groups of young fellows on corners when she walked with him in their own neighborhood down at the west end of the town. But the head of the department was called away to the telephone, and in her mind the splendid promise of the carpets and the irk of the pocketbook were thrust aside by a greater doubt and anxiety. But I don't see what you find to like in it, Joe, she said softly, the note of insistence in her words betraying recent and unsatisfactory discussion. For a fleeting moment, a shadow darkened his boyish face to be replaced by the glow of tenderness. He was only a boy, as she was only a girl, two young things, on the threshold of life, house renting, and buying carpets together. What's the good of worrying, he questioned. It's the last go, the very last. He smiled at her, 
but she saw on his lips the unconscious and all that breathes sigh of renunciation. And with the instinctive monopoly of woman for her mate, she feared this thing she did not understand and which gripped his life so strongly. You know, the go with O'Neill cleared the last payment on Mother's house, he went on, and that's off my mind. Now, this last with Ponta will give me a hundred dollars in a bank, and even hundred. That's the purse for you and me to start on. And this egg. She disregarded the money appeal. But you like it, this, this game, you call it. Why? He lacked speech expression. He expressed himself with his hands, at his work, and with his body and the play of his muscles in the squared ring. But to tell with his own lips the charm of the squared ring was beyond him. Yet he essayed, and haltingly at first, to express what he felt and analyzed when playing the game at the supreme summit of existence. All I know, Genevieve, is that you feel good in the ring when you've got the man where you want him, when he's had a punch at both sleeves waiting for you and you've never given, given him an opening to land him, when you've landed your own little punch and he's going groggy and holding on and the referee's dragging him off so you can go in and finish him and all the house is shouting and tearing itself loose and you know you're the best man and that you played him fair and won him out because you're the best man, I tell you. He ceased brokenly, alarmed by his own volubility and by Genevieve's look of alarm. As he talked, she had watched his face while fear dawned in her own. As he described the moment of moments to her, on his inward vision were lined the tottering man, the lights, the shouting house, and he swept out and away from her on this tide of life that was beyond her comprehension, menacing, irresistible, making her love pitiful and weak. The Joe she knew receded, faded, became lost. The fresh, boyish face was gone. The tenderness of the eyes, the sweetness of the mouth with its curves and pictured corners. It was a man's face she saw, a face of steel, tense and immobile, a mouth of steel, the lips like the jaws of a trap, eyes of steel, dilated and tense, and the light in them and the glitter or the light and glitter of steel. The face of a man, and she had known only his boy face. This face she did not know at all. And yet, while it frightened her, she was vaguely stirred with pride in him. His masculinity, the masculinity of the fighting male, made its inevitable appeal to her a female, molded by all her heredity to seek out the strong man for mates and to lean against the wall of his strength. She did not understand this force of his being that rose mightier than her love and laid its compulsion upon him. And yet, in her woman's heart, she was aware of the sweet pang which told her that for her sake, for love's own sake, he had surrendered to her, abandoned all that portion of his life, and that this one last fight would never fight again. Mrs. Silverstein doesn't like prize fighting, she said. She's down on it, and she knows something, too. He smiled indulgently, concealing a hurt and not altogether new 
at her persistent and appreciation of this side of his nature and life in which he took the greatest pride. It was to him power and achievement earned by his own effort and hard work. And in the moment when he had offered himself and all that he was to Genevieve, it was this and this alone that he was proudly conscious of laying at her feet. It was the merit of work performed, a garden of manhood finer and greater than any other man could offer. And it had been to him his justification and right to possess her. And she had not understood it then, as she did not understand it now, and he might well have wondered what else she found in him to make him worthy. Mrs. Silverstein is a dub and a softy and a knocker, he said good-humoredly. What she know about such things, anyway? I tell you, it is good and healthy, too. This last is an afterthought. Look at me. I tell you, I have to live clean to be in condition like this. I live cleaner than she does, or her old man, or anybody you know. Baths, rub-downs, exercise, regular hours, good food, and no making a pig of myself. No drinking, no smoking, nothing that'll hurt me. Why, I live cleaner than you, Genevieve. Honest, I do, he hastened to add at, at sight of her shocked face. I don't mean water and soap, but look there. His hand closed reverently but firmly on her arm. Soft. You're all soft, all over. Not like mine. Here. Feel this. He pressed the ends of her fingers into his hard arm muscles until she winced from the hurt. Hard all over, just like that, he went on. Now that's what I call clean. Every bit of flesh and blood and muscle is clean right down to the bones. And they're clean, too. No soap and water only on the skin, but clean all the way in. I tell you, it feels clean. It knows it's clean itself. When I wake up in the morning and go to work, every drop of blood and bit of meat is shouting right out that it is clean. Oh, I tell you. He paused with swift awkwardness again confounded by his unwanted flow of speech. Never in his life had he been stirred to such utterance, and never in his life had there been cause to be so stirred. For it was the game that had been questioned, its verity and worth, the game itself, the biggest thing in the world, or what had been the biggest thing in the world, until that chance afternoon and that chance purchase in Silverstein's candy store when Genevieve limbed suddenly, colossal in his life, overshadowing all other things. He was beginning to see, though vaguely, the sharp conflict between woman and career, between a man's work in the world and a woman's need of the man. But he was not capable of generalization. He saw only the antagonism between the concrete flesh and blood Genevieve and the great abstract living game. Each resented the other. Each claimed him. He was torn with the strife and yet drifted helpless on the currents of their contention.
Okay, today is Sunday, I mean, oops, Thursday, <laughs> Thanksgiving, and we're about to do accent tag based off the accent tag that's on uh, YouTube for everybody to share how they say certain words. I'll start out, and I have two other people who will be joining me and sharing what they believe these words to spill. No. <laughs> okay, aunt. 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 Roof. 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 Route. 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 Oil. 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 Theater. 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 Iron. 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 Salmon. 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 Caramel. 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 Fire. 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 Water. 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 Sure. 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 Data. 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 Ruin. 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 Canyon. 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 New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Pecan. 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 Both. <coughs> Both. Both. Probably. 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 Spitting image. Spitting image. Spitting image. Lawyer. 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 Alabama. 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 Coupon. 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 <laughs> May mayonnaise. 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 Syrup. 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 Pajamas. 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 Cot. 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 Naturally. 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 Aluminum. 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 Envelope. 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 Emu. 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 Ew. <laughs> Voila. We are done. Join in and share how you say those words. Write them down like I did. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.